0: the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week we continue our series on God's character. Today we look at God's Holy Spirit. The main reading is Acts chapter 1 through to chapter 2 verse 14. Look at um, Holy Spirit, and uh, so often many people um, go to many churches. Won't, won't talk about Holy Spirit. He, we, we they read about him, but they won't um, focus on him or tell us who he is. But we need to do that because uh, without him, without his uh, filling and his regeneration, of course, he regenerates. And um, I just I don't know why it's amazing why I I collect over the years. I have just uh, collected a list of. Um, uh holy spirit i got they've just written 50 things he does 50 things well he does probably more than that but that's a good uh, list we can look at some time um who the holy spirit is and of course uh when we talk about god we we are we are way above our thinking but we talk about god as um a trinity a trinity of course one god three personal agents one essence three distinct persons let's be a picture um, trying to get us to understand, and of course that the Old Testament uh, hints at this: that God is more it is one, but He He reveals Himself in three distinct persons. Now, there's not one God doing uh, three different roles. No, there are not three gods um, in a cluster. That's not what we're saying. One God revealed in three distinct persons. And you say, Dave, how could my head get around that? It cannot. Because God is infinite and awesome. But that's how he's revealed himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And um, just, just get our minds, because again, you, people will say, well, Dave, I'm not sure about that. Let's get, we, we take everything we say from God's word. Not what we think, not what someone has told us, uh, what God says. Uh, let's read Genesis 1, to 1-2.
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And with was over the, of the deep, and the Spirit of God was the waters. So, right
0: at the beginning of the Bible, God is trying to tell us something. As we remember, we said before, in the beginning, God. Now, that word there is Elohim, which means a plurality, at least three, created the heavens and the earth. Now, the next verb, create is in what we call the singular. So you're saying, well, wait a minute, the writer here is, doesn't know his grammar, does he? Because you can't put a plural and a singular together. That don't make any sense. Well, God is trying to tell us something. God is three, yet he is one. And of course, even there in the verse two, he said, the spirit of God is hovering. So we get a picture of who the spirit of God is straight away. How about this verse? Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. 18 to 20
1: to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in guide me on earth. Go therefore and be the disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even
0: to the end of the age. Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now again, writer, God himself is trying to tell us something. The name of. Well, you would say, well, that's got to be plural because then he goes and says Father, Son, and Spirit, doesn't he? No. Again, that's singular. In the name of. One God. Well, is he trying to tell us something? Of course he's trying to tell us something. One God, yet revealed in three persons but we're going to look at the holy spirit tonight and um, we're going to look at these uh, the, the bible uses uh, as, as good literature it always does to get a great understanding of who he is lots of symbols now we use symbols all the time we're going to talk to the boys if they were here about the symbols that they learned don't they remember when we learned to drive, of course, you drove, didn't you? And at the end of the end of the test, they'd show you about three signs. What do these mean? Right, you passed or failed. Now you've got to. Oh, I don't know if you got to go and actually do a test now and actually learn all those signs. And of course, we have all signs, different things. The, I always think of the roadwork guy. Remember the roadwork guy? I always think he's fighting with his umbrella. It looks like to me. And uh, of course, no no vehicles. That's uh, f- watch out for the flying. Um, Flying motorcycles, isn't it? Lots of things like that. That's my silly mind. Uh, but we use signs, symbols, and signs, and of course, kids today. What do they use? Uh, those emojis or some nonsense, isn't it? So instead of actually telling you something, they'll send you a smiley face or crying face or whatever they'd use. Um, so we understand what we're talking about, and of course, the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, Hebrews tells us is full of shadows and symbols, telling us. You know, given a substance, uh, the symbol, what is a symbol? To convey the reality, um, uh, an, an idea to the believer. Sometimes it represents and stands for something else, sometimes. But it's the visible sign of something that can be invisible, a concept, a truth. So when we talk about Adam, of course, Adam was the first man. But Adam also represented humanity, didn't he? Abraham is not just Abraham the man of faith he's the symbol of faith and of course we looked at blood the other day and blood represents life and we can go through all the Old Testament and find lots of different symbols and uh, thankfully the Bible gives us lots of symbols of the Holy Spirit just to show us his character his character the first one is a lovely one it's the the symbol of the dove now, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, as we'll see in a moment, is mighty and powerful, but can also be gentle. When we need it, sometimes we need a real, don't we? We need a mighty rushing wind sometimes right up, up our backside, don't we? But sometimes we just need the Holy Spirit just like a dove. And he knows how to come. A dove. And we see that, we understand that. Uh, peace, purity, um, uh, calm. We understand that. Um, the Bible tells us in all the Gospels, it was very, very clear. Uh, that's why in every Gospel it mentioned that the Holy Spirit descended on the Lord like a dove. Purity. Peace. Now, you can go back. How do we go back to Genesis 8, don't we? And uh, Noah's in the ark. And the first thing he does, he sends out a raven. Don't know why. Because if the raven's a carrion bird he doesn't he don't care if his dead dead stuff there he don't care he's gonna have a field day and the bible said the raven just just didn't come back he just waited for the waters picked his meat up but then he sent a dove and the dove went goes out he comes back because the bible says in verse nine um he couldn't find a place to set his feet or its feet couldn't find a place to settle down And he sent him a week later and he comes back, interesting, with an olive leaf, olive branch. Um, Again, there's a lot of symbols there. And uh, so he gives another week because he knows the waters are receding. The Bible says he doesn't come back then. See, the dove would not rest on that which was dead, that which was damp or dirty, wouldn't. But when he found a place... When he found a place, even though there was a lot of debris around, he landed. Remember, when the waters receded, you you just imagine the chaos that was left. We understand we've seen tsunamis and we see the mess that's left behind. And thankfully, the Holy Spirit will come on our life when he finds a place. Now, there may be lots of chaos in our life, as we said before. But if He if we give him room, if we give him place... Now, we won't, as we said, he won't come where there's deadness um, and dirty and damp. But if there's a place, he'll come and land and uh, take up residence. Um, let's read those verses. Uh, Luke 3, Luke 3, 21,
1: 22. Then all the people who have been baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, and bought him from all the dead
0: you are my son So we see the picture. Again, the whole of the Trinity involved, isn't it? God the Father, speaking over the Son, this is my son oh please, and the Holy Spirit coming down, and Jesus not starting his ministry until empowered and uh, accompanied by Holy Spirit. And that's the first picture, the first symbol, the dove. It's a beautiful picture in Purity, sincerity, singleness of heart, um, peace, gentleness. Now, never ever mix up gentleness with weakness. Because the Holy Spirit is, and He's God, He is not weak. No, 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 no. Now, He can't be grieved, and He can't be resisted, as we may look at another time. But He's a dove. Now, the next one, a little bit different, because the Bible says He is Uh, We just read it, Uh, the wind suddenly, suddenly when they were not expecting, a mighty rushing wind. Now that's a little bit, that's not much gentleness is there because tonight we've got a windy night and uh, everything's getting blown apart, things are coming down and uh, the roof is shaking and you just hope that, uh, I always remember a tile came off, I I, I remember you in a bump years ago and I think, the first thing I thought was not really Christian, I thought I I said to myself I hope that's next door's roof and not mine. And it was mine. One of the ridge tiles. can't believe how heavy those are. Fell on my car, dented the, the bonnet. It didn't hit my windscreen, thankfully. But, uh, you know, the, the power of the wind to move, to bring life. Of course, the Bible, the, the word wind uh, is, is son- synonymous with spirit and life and breath. Uh, depending on the context is how it's interpreted. The Old, old, uh, uh, old Testament was ruach. New Testament was Pneuma and can be uh, in all those areas. But it means life, breath, um, direction, dynamism. Of course, when we want to move, God, we need the wind of the Spirit in our hearts and lives. Wind, of course, removes also the, the things that are not attached. It's good sometimes to get the wind of the Spirit to blow through our lives. Things that are not rooted in him just to be blown away. And uh, that's why, uh, you know, when we have autumn and we need a good, good windstorm to take all those dead leaves off, don't we? Uh, So the the plant, uh, the trees and the plants can replenish and regrow. So the wind of the Spirit, and we see in in Acts there, what does he say? Three things, rushing, bless the Lord, carrying, upholding, mighty, that's with violence, the one word says, mighty, powerful, and to be filled. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he wants to fill us. Overflowing. Let's read a couple of verses there. John 3. John 3.
1: Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Unless a person is born from water and the Spirit, and cannot enter God's kingdom. A person's body is born from his human appearance, but a person's spiritual life is born from the Spirit. Don't be surprised when I tell you, you must all be born again. The wind knows where it wants to go. You hear the wind blow, but you don't know where the wind
0: comes from, the way it is going. It is the same with every person who is born from the Spirit. See, Nicodemus is, is trying to get to the root of it, and, and and the Lord is talking about the Holy Spirit as the wind, the Spirit, the wind blowing where it wants to. It's invisible, you don't know where it's coming from, where it's going, but you can see the effects, you know the effects, and the Bible talks about it. And when Jesus, remember, when the disciples were there... The Bible says he breathed on them. Now receive the Spirit, he said. The Bible talks about uh, the, the Word of God. Um, the Word of God is God breathed. God breathed. Peter says they, they, they prophesied, not with own, but they were carried along. Carried on. By who? By the wind of the Spirit. be Peter 1. So we have the, the Spirit of God breathing. Wind of God. Um, Psalms, I think it's 83 there. Right? I think. the bible says he created things by the breath of his mouth see the whole trinity was involved in creation because we hear of jesus everything was created by him nothing was created without him and then we see the spirit of god uh, hovering over the waters because he's he's the executive member of the the trinity he's going to move in power he's the one who comes isn't he and convicts us but not to not to himself see the spirit of god is always drawing our attention to who jesus because without jesus we can't come to god so he's always glorifying jesus never himself and that's always a great test to see if something's really of the holy spirit it's no good saying oh it was a great move and, and, and over the years people have said that's the move of the holy spirit well the test is did it point to jesus did it bring people to jesus did it elevate and glorify jesus if it didn't Nah, You've got to be a bit doubtful. If a glorified man and other things, Now we've got to be careful because the trouble is we, we tend to jump on the back of, of, of miracles, don't we, sometimes? And, and sadly, man, we elevate people, don't we? That's sadly where we are. But he's the wind of the Spirit. Very real, very powerful, and uh, sovereign, dynamic, unstoppable. Bless the Lord. How we need the wind of the Spirit in the valley. Of dry bones. They were dead. There was great organization. The bodies were all put together. But there was no life. No life. And we've got to be careful in church. We can have it all put together. We can have all eyes dotted, T's crossed. But without the breath of God, there's no life. And then he said, Son of man, prophesy to the wind. All breath of God. Breathe on the slain so they may live. Beautiful words. Breathe on the slain. So the so Holy Spirit, he's the dove, gentle, but then he can come like a mighty, powerful, rushing wind, filling us to overflowing. What's the next one we read in, uh, in, the, in uh, Pentecost? Fire. Fire. Oh, now. Fire. That's a little bit different, isn't it? Because uh, now we're talking about something that is going to consume now, there's two sides, there's two different meanings to consume, isn't it? Consume means to eat up and destroy, and to but also can mean you are preoccupied with and consumed with that. And you know what the Holy Spirit wants to do that with us? He wants to burn up all the rubbish, but he wants us to be consumed and preoccupied with Jesus. And he's the fire. He is fire. Let's read um, that, um, Matthew, 3. Matthew 3. Well, let's do Isaiah 4 first, sorry, Isaiah 4.
1: When the Lord shall wash away the filth of the waters of Zion, and shall purge the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof, by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and upon our assemblies, a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of flame, flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime, from the heat and from the place of
0: refuge and to it from soul and from spirit of judgment, spirit of burning. See, the Holy Spirit is is a we call him Holy Spirit for a good reason, because he's coming to purify. Fire does that. Um, we talk about um, forest fires. Well, of course, left to themselves. Forest fires occur naturally, and they need to occur naturally. I remember reading, uh, watching a program on Yellowstone. I think it was Yellowstone. And every 50 years, they have to have a forest fire to, to clear the underbrush, the undergrowth. They have to be cleared up because, uh, because it, it's, it, it's grabbing all the nutrients that the proper plants have. So we have a fire every 50 years. It clears up everything, but the ashes left are full of nutrients for the soil. Interesting also, those, some of those pine cones only open up and give their seeds when it reaches a certain temperature, which can only happen with fire. So when the fire comes, it purifies, but it also brings productivity and fruitfulness. Bless God, the fire of God. Of course, the fire of God is a symbol of his divine presence. That's what he used, didn't he, to um, get people's attention we see that right back in uh, on the mount sinai the bible says that the mountain shook and it was burning because the bible says he came down in fire see god is trying to use symbols to get our attention um to see that was the most powerful thing they had in those days would not it and uh, what it can consume and what it can do um moses how did he speak to moses burning bush elijah answer by fire lord answer by fire please and of course um, uh, john the baptist says now he said i'm baptizing you with water but there's someone coming after me what's he going to do uh, matthew 3 11 to 12 19, 19. fire of fire. God to purify to cleanse uh, to refine um, to temper how do we harden something we have to put it in the fire and God wants to, as we said on Sunday, for us to be unshakable, to temper us, to get us refined, to test us even. How do we test metals? There's one way we put it in the fire. Let's see what it's made of. Of course, fire always brings light and uh, warmth. And if you've ever sat in front of a coal fire, lovely comfort, isn't it? I mean You can sit in front of a coal fire and just drift off. Into don't need the TV on, just watch the fire And you can drift off, I can drift off most times anyway So we have all these things at The fire, that's what he's talking about Because the Bible says when he came The mighty rushing winds And like tongues of fire on everyone Thankfully the Bible says on all of them There was no uh, no one out Where they were Because of course God had tested them Remember we, stood, we were waiting 120 were tested and waited They were there to receive and they'd, they'd gone through the test and was coming to receive the Holy Spirit. Fire of God. And, of course, we know fire uh, it represents him, but also, of course, judgment as well when he wants to um, consume. Fire. What about the next one? Water. Water. Um, that which is, um, I suppose, uh, the most necessary thing we need we are created in water by water if we don't have water we'll dehydrate and we'll die very very soon our planet 75 percent water give or take and the holy spirit reveals himself as that one that comes to quench to refresh to bring life to bring restoration bring fertility fruitfulness fulfillment keep going amen let's read the god's word isaiah 44 three to four
1: I will pour out water on the thirsty land, and streams on the dry ground. I will pour up my spirit on the offspring, and my blessing on the descendants. He will spring up like grass in the meadow and pop the trees like plummet's streams.
0: How important my- to bring life where water is, there's life. So now, when they go into all these, they go into Mars, and and they they're saying, look, if we can find water, we're looking for water. Why? Because they know where water is. There's supposedly uh, they're going to find life. But they, why? Because they know that water is here, and there's life. There's life. Let's look at these lovely verses from Joel. The promise of God to us now today. Promise of God. Um, and we'll see the early in the Latin, I mean, we'll see what it says. Joel 2. Joel 2.
1: Be glad, the people of Zion, judging the Lord your God, that He has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. He sends you abundant showers, of water and spring rains, as before. The precious doors will be filled with rain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years of the richest the the great locusts and the young locusts. The other locusts and the to formed. And the great army that I sent among you. You are penned to eat until you are And you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wondrously. Never again will my people to shame shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel. That I am the Lord your God, and the day is no other. Never again will my people to shame shamed. And of
0: That's our great promise, isn't it? That's our great promise. But with that, there's again all those symbols, early and latter rain for refreshment, for restoration, for replenishing that which is gone. I'm going to restore. You're going to get your plants back. That which the locusts has eaten. See, the only, we talked about the spirit, uh, the shepherd. And um, uh, I had that book from somebody, I think it was Pat, and it was saying about uh, the shepherd's uh, rub the head of the, um, the sheep with the oil to stop parasites and, and and lots of things, but also to stop them butting each other and, and uh, they slip, slip off each other. And there's a lovely picture there of the Holy Spirit re- replenishing and restoring. The years of the locusts have eaten. Revelation! Also the realizing, the realizing of the promise. Promise, water, life itself. Thankfully, the Bible is very clear about being saved and being filled with the Spirit. There is two definitive times in our lives. Now, can you be saved and filled straight away? <laughs> Please, yes, absolutely should be. That's the pattern, because we just read Cornelius, didn't we? And they believed, and the Bible says, they were filled the same day, Lord. But some of us, it took a long time, didn't it, to be baptized, but that's God speaking to us. He wants to it's two things. John 4, John 4, 3 to 4.
1: Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, whoever drinks of the water I should give him, and will never thirst. But the water that I, that I should give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up
0: into everlasting life. You see, there's a hunger and a thirst in every one of us for not just natural water, he's using that as a picture uh, of life itself. And the thing is, you get thirsty enough and you will drink anything, won't you? Those people who have been stranded on boats drink seawater, which is fatal. I've read of people in deserts that have broken down in their cars and trucks and they've drunk the water from the radiator. Again, poisonous. But you know what? It's a great picture of our world. If you don't drink of the well of salvation to satisfy you, you will drink anything to try and satisfy. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to come. That's what he said. Look, if you drink of me, it'll be a well. Which means, it, again, the tense is drinking of once, and we only get saved once somewhere. and there's a well in us that springs up to salvation, to um, uh, revelation, and to uh, contentment. And thankfully, the Lord is like that. But it's more than that. God doesn't want just to leave us like that. He wants us to be people that bring the water, that bring the fire, as we used to say. Bring your fire. Uh, John 7, 37, 39. On the
1: last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not
0: yet been glorified. Of course, we have a feast Piece of tabernacles, and the Bible says, and, and tradition is on the seventh day, the last day, um, they go down to the pool of Siloam and, and get a gold picture, picture, P-I-T, uh, full of water, and they, they're going to take it up to the temple and pour it on the altar, and um, uh, while they're doing that, there's great celebration, they said, they used to say, you've never seen real joy until you've been there on Tabernacle Day when they said, and they were celebrating with singing, with instruments, with uh, dancing, Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 would be sung, and that particular verse from Isaiah 12 verse three, what is it? With joy we shall draw waters from the wells world, of salvation. Bless the Lord. And so, in the middle of that, that uh, chaos is not a wrong word, but in that party atmosphere wrong word again but you get you get the idea jesus stands up and said look here now anyone's thirsty let him come to me and drink this is the shadow of what is the reality in me the holy spirit now this is no no well anymore this is a river flowing in us and on us little boy went to his minister and said pastor he said you know i i love the lord and I feel filled with the spirit, but you know, I'm like a like a like a bucket," he said, "with all holes in it, and and by the end of the week, all the water's gone out, and I feel just, you know, weak for the Lord," he said. "Yes," he said. "That's that's like all of us," he said. "Let me tell you what to do," he said. "You know, with a even with a bucket full of holes, you stick him in the middle of the river, plunge it into the river, and he'll always be full, always be full." It's a great picture, isn't it? Because you know taken out just left to ourselves we will we'll, we'll we'll drain and the world will squeeze us stay in the flow stay in the flow of the holy spirit rivers of living water that come out to those around us that's what the lord wants to do uh to produce harvest the bible says about the early and latter rain needed for harvest for fruitfulness for fertility and all those things He talks about the rain and the rivers, both uh, water. Lovely symbol of the Holy Spirit. And how about this last one tonight? Um, Oil. Oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we look in the Old Testament and uh, we, well, right through the Bible, we find 200 uses of the word oil, but certainly in Exodus, Leviticus, you'll find oil everywhere to just tell us picturing every anything that was going to be used in the temple whether it was a person or a thing had to be dabbed with blood and with the oil and once it was it was separated to god for god to be only used by god and uh, everything and anything um but Olive oil, what a beautiful picture! Olive oil, it softens that which is hard. It makes something that is is gone dry and brittle become malleable again, pliable again. It moistens and soothes. You take olive oil on a cut and you rub it in, don't you? And it has great qualities. They say olive oil, um, Auntie. Oxidants, antimicrobial, antiseptic—all those kind of things—and the Bible is trying to again tell us in pictures, showing who the Holy Spirit is, what He does, and uh, where we have um, hardness, He wants to bring softness. Where we are uh, dry, He wants to bring. Uh, mo- he wants to moisten that. He wants to separate us to Himself interesting the anointing oil was not just olive oil was it it was a lot of other things going on we looked at, at all the um ingredients of that before and uh, they are no they not just come from anywhere all those ingredients have special qualities that tell us what the, the anointing oil was for be used for and what it should uh, what it would do so we see oil what does it do let's read a verse uh one Samuel 16.
1: And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are you, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took pour the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose. So Samuel rose up and
0: went to Ramah. He anointed him with oil and the Holy Spirit came on him mightily from that point on it's a agreement it, the word is it's that word anoint isn't it uh <clears throat> smeared covered separated uh, uh put set aside for the lord of course uh, the word messiah it means and the word christ in the new testament means the anointed one thankfully the bible talks about our lives that he has anointed us to seal us the bible says he seals us with all his better anointing but listen to one john the Bible says the anointing will teach us. It not just seals us, it, he, he makes us sensitive to, um, to things going around, he, to, to see clearly, to see false teaching, to see uh, false teachers. Uh, why? Because the Bible says that the anointing will teach you, make you more sensitive. So the Bible is, it tells us the oil, and I love these verses from Zechariah, and Zechariah, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, the Lord woke him up, <laughs> wake up Zechariah, I'm going to show you something, what do you see? He said, oh, i not sure, he said, I see these seven, seven uh, pronged lampstands, and there's seven of them and there's a big bowl in the middle and that's fed by oil to feed them over. And then there's two olive. And he said, oh, I don't know what all this is about. And he said, i tell you what it is. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm talking about Zerubbabel and uh, Joshua there. Uh, it's not by might. Not, because in and of themselves, they couldn't do anything. But the power, not by might, not by the, by the Holy Spirit, of God, He's the one who anoints our head with oil, and our cup overflows to light the lamp, to go along with the sacrifices, to uh, touch whatever it touched, purified and separated. Bless God, and what when the Holy Spirit touches us—that's what He does. Who is He? He's the Dove. We may need a bit of gentle, uh, reassuring tonight. Well, He can do that. He's the wind. Oh, some of us need a good shake and a, and a blow tonight. Blow those, all the debris away. Well, Lord, have your way. Do what you want. Fire. Reignite our passion, our purpose. Uh, he said of to Timothy, stir up, rekindle the fire of God. Get the poker in and get lifted up. Get some air. Get the wind underneath those coals of your heart and life and your purpose and your gifting water well he's the one that brings fruitfulness life, fertility and oil that separates us that uh, puts his hand upon us that um, again brings pliability to us and um, maybe even to purify us as well whatever we need bless God thank you Holy Spirit we ask come and fill us afresh we need you we need you we need you more and more and he's all those things are much more we if look at the next few weeks. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.